is Jovina's story. And at the worst of my injuries, I could barely walk and I was angry all the time. But in a way, I think it was a blessing in disguise because it saved me for a time when I have so much more maturity as an artist to bring to the artistic process. What happened internally in your thoughts when you got injured? Oh gosh, I, hmm. I think I never believed that that would be the end because I also got injured when I was so young. I was only 25 and I was only a year outside of dance school and I was determined to be healthy again. I'm still getting healthy and I'm 38 now. Jobina Bardai is a dancer, choreographer, coach, global explorer, and magic maker. She teaches us how to manifest miracles, not as something you do, but as someone you are. From her worst injuries came her greatest life lesson. Choose love over fear. Always. Fear uh, was very much around my fears of, as an artist and as a dancer and feeling absolutely worthless, like I had nothing to contribute and blocking out my intuition and the signs from the universe, which was saying, this is your path, but I willfully chose to ignore it. And finally, I had to go through the whole artistic recovery process of looking at, yeah, I do have something worthy to contribute. And I learned to take my fear with me and then eventually not even to buy into it. It was... it. Probably I'd say it's taken nearly 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, just 20 years. That's not Exactly. <laughs> You're listening to Face Your Fierce. I'm Meg Murphy. I'm Eleni Lee. In this podcast, we bring you stories of trailblazing women who are living their lives outside the line. So where are you, Jovina? I'm in Berlin. What are you doing in Berlin? Yeah, well, I'm a dancer. And just like every other artist who wanted to pursue the career uh, that would come to Berlin because the cost of living is still cheap. So like, say for example, Paris, like uh, if you go out for dinner, a main meal is 20 euros, here it's 10. So this place is full of artists, musicians and dancers and writers and painters and everybody just gets together to put on shows and collaborate, which is awesome. Like pretty much nobody makes money, but <laughs> Berlin is more about just making it happen. And Berlin doesn't care if you fail or if you succeed. It's just the fact that you've done it. Do you speak German? No, it's total. I can say my German is crap in really <laughs> great German. So it's, it's all I need. And, you know, if you do it with a smile, people think you're really charming. So I'm truly Canadian about it. I mean, I speak enough to get by, but my whole life is in English. Like I'm doing my yoga teacher training. I did my life coach training. My paying job is working for my twin sister in Vancouver. Were you Most scared then when you were going to Germany? Um, well, I didn't really think about it too much because German would be my eighth language. Mm. So when I came here, I thought people would take one look at me, dark skin, dark hair, and they would just know I'm not German and they would speak to me really slowly, but they assume that I'm German born. So it comes out really fast. So that was a shocking thing. I was like, what? And then I'd go to the Turkish areas and they talked to me in Turkish and I would be like, my German is not that bad. Like, oh my God, what's going on? (laughs) So mine was more like totally unexpected things, but Like, I didn't really spend so much time thinking about the language. I was like, whatever, I'm just going to move to Berlin. I've lived in six other cities, four other countries. And if I had spent all that time thinking, I might not have come. So we asked you about the question of, you know, when the universe calls and you answered Mm -hmm. is not thinking too much about that when that call comes. Is that part of the secret? I think, well, for me, I've always followed my heart and I'm really lucky that way. Like, for example, I'm a dancer and I always knew that that's what I wanted. And 
even though growing up in the dance world can be challenging because it's an extremely negative place to grow up, I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. And so I love that quote that says, leap and then grow wings on the way down. It's kind of me. And I don't know, I think follow your heart is the answer. What does your heart sound like to you? That's a good question. Um, I can hear it. So I always have this sense of knowing and a sense of hearing. And I notice, like I feel my intuition has picked up a lot in the last year. And I've been noticing deeper voices. So now I can tell the difference between it's just me wanting something or the universe guiding it. It's really learning to be aware of the signs around you that are indicating that everything's on the right track. For me, I always, as a dancer, I use my body for my sense of intuition. And this is actually a practice I'm starting to teach people. I'm developing workshops around this. So that once you're in your body, you always know what your passion is, if the relationship is right for you, what career you want. When you say you hear things, what does it sound like? You know, how can our audience learn to distill the difference between following your heart and caving to fear? Yeah. Well, I think fear feels contracted. So if you feel open and calm, then you know. It's for me because I've been living all over the world for 20 years and I don't have a safety net of just going over to mom and dad's house because my parents live very far away. So things that I just didn't know how to handle, I surrendered them to the divine. And usually I find there's three paths to every solution. There's the two extreme, the yes or the no, and the one in between. And that's usually the path that makes the most sense. And somehow there's just this understanding that that middle path is the right one for me. So you talk about fear feeling like contraction yeah. and learning to trust your own instinct. And yes. I'm curious about how you learned to trust that so much. And sometimes mm -hmm. has that overpowered you where you've felt too sure of yourself? Well, I think I didn't have a choice because I'm a dancer. I twisted my pelvis 12 years ago. And of course, that yeah. So I really had to look at what I was doing. But my hearing, I used to think was more powerful, but it's actually my guts. You know, as women, I think we're also taught that everything in our body is just yearnings and pipe dreams, but I've come to understand that if everything our body is telling us is actually our destiny, then why aren't we following it? So we get so much information as women. Um, so yeah, mine was absolutely through no choice of my own. I had to. And what about the fear part? Fear uh, was very much around my fears of, as an artist and as a dancer and feeling absolutely worthless, like I had nothing to contribute and blocking out my intuition and the signs from the universe, which was saying, this is your path, but I willfully chose to ignore it. And finally, I had to go through the whole artistic recovery process of looking at, yeah, I do have something worthy to contribute. And I learned to take my fear with me and then eventually not even to buy into it. It was... It, Probably I'd say it's taken nearly 20 years. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, just 20 years. Just, that's nothing. nothing. Exactly. Don't worry about yeah. it. Are you in a relationship? No, I'm holding the space for my beloved. That strong sense of personal congruence. If mm. you're in a relationship, are you afraid of losing that? I don't think so. I think it will only contribute 
And I've been learning a lot recently about twin souls and twin flames and how the path of the one who's more advanced actually becomes more spiritual and gets more into their guidance systems, which is really needed to be with your true twin flame. And so I know that I can never lose it. Even when I'm mad at the universe and nothing is going right and I'll be like, I hate you, what are you doing? <laughs> this is who I am. Like it's so, it's so much a part of who I am that, um, I couldn't imagine even what the alternative would be. So whoever I end up with is going to have to deal with it. <laughs> I think because I'm a, I am such an intuitive person and I know I'm so chameleon-like that I can adapt in relationships and be kind of yes. what you would need, mm. that I'm now slightly afraid of losing it again with someone mm. else. So has that happened to you? No. In fact, it's my intuition that has always led me to either stay in something or or leave something and if I'm not listening it gets louder and louder until I have to listen to it I just I won't compromise on it and I feel like that if I'm this way then surely the universe is going to give me a partner who absolutely wants that as well it was interesting this last guy I was involved with because I'm still getting over my injuries I realized that my vibration was too low, that because I'm not in a physically healthy place, I couldn't attract somebody who's in an emotionally healthy place. What are some examples of the universe getting louder and louder? For example, I was always ending up with guys that just would never treat me well. And my last relationship, the guy was actually narcissistic. He was quite ill, but it was me ignoring my intuition. My God, it was like this onslaught sometimes of crazy emails and crazy phone calls and it was like being hunted down. But I also had to realize that I was very much like that with myself when it came to myself and dance. So I think when you're able to see how a certain thing in your life, be it relationships or be it money or health, because I've also struggled with health, why are things getting worse instead of better? And how is this mirroring my relationship with myself? I think especially for women, we have this incredible sixth sense, but we never learn to trust it until maybe the situation was over and then you realize that, okay, yes, that, that was my guidance. So I think only by not trusting it do we learn to trust it. You know, they say the feminine, for example, learns by figuring out what she doesn't want. So it's in a way for women, I think it's like learning that negative aspect in order to get the positive aspect. Um, and to learn to, yeah, to trust it, I think it's by looking at the results and the outcomes. What is the outcome when you trust yourself versus what is the outcome when you don't trust yourself? You now, you're funny because you are someone who is like clearly very artistic. So you're very mm -hmm. right brained, but yeah. approaching it from a right brain voice and then you yeah. just left brained me on, like, <laughs> you know, which is really neat about how you make the decisions so, is you get the clarity yeah, of logic after yeah. you've listened to the inspiration. Yeah. And I mean, I love, for example, in A Course in Miracles, it's, they talk about choosing love over fear. And if you choose fear, then you'll feel contracted. It's an, an immediate um, sensation. And I even find for people that aren't connected to their bodies, they can find that. Like some of my friends are quite mental. But if you ask them to start connecting to their body, they can get an answer. Even, for example, it could be heat, it could be tingles, or just a certain sense of heaviness. But they'll usually be able to understand that feeling of fear, whereas love will be calm. And you might have to, you know, adjust the decision the next day. But as long as you're choosing love and feeling calm, that should always guide you in the right direction. If you're connected to yourself, you can't be thinking, well, I've chosen love, but it's really fear. So it's really about fine tuning it. And that only comes with practice and to continue to show up and learn and be open.
Dance is more than a career. It's a calling. It's a passion. It's it's who you are. What happened internally in your thoughts when you got injured? Oh gosh, I I think I never believed that that would be the end because I also got injured when I was so young. I was only 25 and I was only a year outside of dance school and I was determined to be healthy again. And I'm still getting healthy and I'm 38 now. And at the worst of my injuries, I could barely walk and I was angry all the time. But in a way, I think it was a blessing in disguise because it saved me for a time when I have so much more maturity as an artist to bring to the artistic process. I think if you're a ballet dancer, it's worse. Like, for example, your career tends to be over by the time you're 30. And most of my injuries came because I trained in ballet and I was so hard on my body. But um, for contemporary dancers, I think we're really lucky because we get more mature roles. And the most amazing artists these days are older. There is definitely an addiction to youth. But when audiences who are really in the know go see dancers who... They know their bodies and they have so much more to share and they have a story. It's almost like there's a continuum when we're the inner child, we don't know any better and we just beat ourselves up and then we become the inner teenager and we become more self-aware and we grow into our inner adult. What's your perspective on this continuum? I almost think that the inner divinity is connected to the inner child as I'm hearing your question because we have to remember to go back and play. And at some point as artists, we forget, we forget that we're allowed to fail and we're supposed to fail and we're allowed to try. There's such this mentality of we have to do. And even in the coaching world, we don't, it's not enough to just be trying. And I'm like, trying is a step forward. And yet we have this idea that we have to be perfect all the time. Because I was in the dance world for so long, I thought that everybody was told they were crap. Like if you were a doctor or you were an accountant or if you were a janitor, that you were always told you were crap. And it took me until I was 25 and not being in the dance world to realize, no, that's not normal. (laughs) Other people get encouraged. And um, that's actually kind of extreme when you think about it. And um, so I learned to have more. And this is what I love with yoga and my yoga teacher training is, you know, having that compassion for yourself and the gratitude. And that is also connected to divinity for me. You know, especially at this age, we start to go, wait a minute, there's some options that are going to be taken off the table for me just biologically. Does that make you want to get back inside the lines? No, I think I have a fear of the lines. Like it makes me, <laughs> you know, it makes you contract. <laughs> yeah, totally. Why? Why are you afraid thing. of the lines? Um, you know, as creatives, what is it? Don't they, don't they say that we can't handle too much? Like I can't handle too much structure. Like I definitely need structure because I can thrive on chaos really well. But as I get older, I need more routine. Um, but I'm not sure that I could do the nine to five office job again. Or if I did, I think I would need to run the company. <laughs> because if we, as artists, we think outside the box. And that is where my strength lies. What do you say to the critics? I'm doing this copywriting class and the teacher said, even, for example, to your own inner critics, put a lolly, give them a lollipop and suck on this. <laughs> and so, I was like, that's so great for the critics. Just give them a lollipop. Or it's also about how, you know, for example, sometimes with our parents, they just want to be heard. 
And for the people who really just don't believe you're entitled to your own opinion and I'll go along with mine and this really benefits me. But I find not spending so much energy on other people's beliefs really helps. And I just ignore a lot of it. Mostly, you know, everybody who said you weren't going to be able to dance because my family didn't really get it. And I was just like, whatever, I'm going to go on. And, and I probably that's where I'm really lucky. I just ignored everybody and just stayed my path. That's smart, though. That's listening to intuition. I love that. That spiritual idea. <laughs> Fantastic. As a woman at this age, though, do you ever find it difficult to connect with some other women who are living a more traditional life? And have you felt that pressure? Sometimes it's hard to relate to other women. Like, you know, it's kind of a shame. I don't really have any friends left from high school because a lot of them are married and stayed in the same hometown. And I bless them. I love them. But I don't have enough to talk with them about um, so that, um, I just think, well, maybe, you know, if I were to be married and have kids and move back to Vancouver, then we could be friends again, <laughs> or we can interact more again. But for the women that are feeling the pressure to be traditional, I mean, I think it's so much about self-acceptance. If you're feeling the pressure, it's to figure out what do you need to accept? Because pressure comes from ourselves. And what do we need to accept? And what also is the universe offering us? Maybe it's the universe saying you could be so much more before you meet somebody else. Love it. Love it. So what comes next for you then? Now you're in Berlin oh, yeah, and you've lived yeah. in all these countries and continents. And Well, what I, I'm in the middle of my yoga teacher training and I finish at the end of June. And I have started my coaching business, but I didn't realize how intensive my yoga was going to be. It's like four days a week, every other week, which is wonderful. But also... This is definitely the part about being 38 as opposed to 27 when I could do it all well. And now I'm like, no, a thing at a time. And then once I have achieved financial freedom through my business, I'm going to move to Paris. <laughs> Paris is so, or I'd love to have a dialogue with Paris and Berlin. I think Berlin is fantastic. It's really cutting edge in terms of the classes. But I miss having something to aspire to, like when I lived in London, because you don't get a lot of big companies here. And I miss the inspiration. One of my dreams is to have an art for social change uh, foundation mm. and go into war zones and help people who are experiencing trauma because you can use, um, of course, dance therapy for trauma. And I would do the movement coaching and work with a therapist. So there's still a lot of parts of the world I want to live in. And I'm working towards the, um, the workshops for other people by starting body consciousness workshops. Are you afraid in life of running out of time? Yes, totally. There's never enough time, is there? <laughs> but I've discovered, you know, they say with meditating, you can ground time and and make it longer. So that's my trick. Yeah. Stepping back, I think, is really powerful. Yeah, kind of give yourself some more space. Give yourself some more time. Totally. Some more love. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for all these insights. I was taking some notes that Okay, I have to re-listen to the recording after because yeah. <laughs> there was so many good bits. Thank you, ladies. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Face Your Fierce, sponsored by Inner Outer Wealth and Meg Murphy Productions. Our music is provided by Poddington Bear. If you've enjoyed these stories, please subscribe and share the wealth. We've got more about Jobina on our website, so click on the links in the show notes of this podcast. And you can follow Jobina on Facebook at Jobina Bardai. And in the words of Jobina, leap and then grow wings on the way down. It's kind of me. And I don't know. I think follow your heart is the answer. 